Hello and welcome Hello. to Achievement Oriented, the Ringer's video game podcast, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Ben Lindbergh. I'm a writer for TheRinger.com. And on the other line, my still concussed colleague, Jason Concepcion. Hello. Hello, Jason. How's I'm your feeling, head doing? Uh, I'm feeling a little foggy, but I'm okay. Okay, yeah. good. Hasn't been long since we last spoke. It's so been a not day. a lot of recovery it's been time. About a day. I'm <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Pat Oswald has yet to apologize to me for his uh, wedding Just... people not putting even a cone, even one <laughs> orange cone down. It's all Jason wants. Just, Just one cone. cone. Can I just get a cone? Please acknowledge his pain. Unbelievable. You know, don't have to pay damages. He just wants someone to say sorry. Next time, That's all. Yeah, next time be like, uh, we should have put a cone down. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're doing a second episode this week because we have a ton to talk about. Later in this episode, we're bringing on Samit Sarkar from Polygon to tell us all about the Xbox One X, which you have somewhere at the Ringer offices, but yes. because of your concussion, you've not had a ton of time to, to spend on it the yet. Moving, the moving images uh, hurt yeah, my head. Not good. Yes. I, did, I played a little bit of Assassin's Creed, uh, which amounts essentially to the tutorial that teaches you how to move. It's uh-huh. like an opening fight. It looks fine. I'm not playing it on 4K, so as we're about to hear from Samet, um, it's hard to know what what uh, really the benefits are for me until I get uh, can convince the ringer to buy either a 4K television or a 4K monitor for the studio. <laughs> right, I'm working yeah. on that. I'm working on that. <laughs> so you mentioned Assassin's Creed, and yeah. that's what we want to talk about briefly before we get to Xbox One. So I spent a little more time with this game. I've gotten into the second main area. I've done a bunch of quests and side quests. I don't know. I've spent several hours with it and. As we mentioned, both of us have been out on Assassin's Creed for quite yes. a while now, right? Like, was Assassin's Creed 2 yes. the last one that we both played, I guess? And then after that, I've thought about getting back in at various times. I almost got back into Black Flag. I might still try that at some point. At, at this point, I might just wait for Skull and Bones, the sort of pirate ship combat-based that game. That fantastic, by the right? way. Right. That was what intrigued me about Black yes. Flag. So I might just go for the whole game that does that. But I think <laughs> we both just got... Assassin's Creed fatigue because there was one every year for every many year. years and the changes weren't all that significant and there was a formula and it was yeah. successful and it was fun at first and then it started to wear on us and I think we just felt well we've experienced and, this before. And also like as a person like who is involved in numerous uh, content streams whether it be novels or books or i'm sorry novels and books are the same thing because <laughs> but novels television shows you know films in which uh there is an extremely convoluted lore like i'm used yes. to convoluted oh, lore. Yes. the assassin's <laughs> creed lore is by far is, and i mean by far just hot nonsense the, <laughs> the most high level nonsense <laughs> That has ever been committed to a medium ever in the history of anything. It is insane. You it introduced makes, me to a YouTube it, video that <laughs> summarized like several years of Assassin's Creed story. Which, oh my God. I love that video because it, it goes back like it's like the beginning of history. Really, yeah, like, really the dawn of time. It's like absolute high level poppycock that just cannot, you cannot believe this shit, what they were talking about. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't follow any of it. Like at first it was it was fun like in the first game or two. Like you've got your conspiracy, sure. you've got your assassins, you've got your yeah. Templars, you've got yeah. the future and the present and the past. And right. it became clear very quickly, I think, that they weren't actually going to resolve this or take it anywhere <laughs> no. comprehensible no. because they had to pump out a new game every year. Yeah. So I just, I lost interest and lost the ability to follow what was happening. Anyway, we both wanted to <laughs> at least Give Assassin's Creed Origins a shot because Ubisoft took a year off. They they took a break from the every year release schedule to right. try to rejigger this a little bit and add some new elements to the game. And so I was excited about what that would produce. We've got a new setting. This is set in ancient Egypt. This is set before all the other games. So right. In a sense, that is welcome because we don't have to. Yes, <laughs> we yes. don't have to try to keep track of everything. But to else. be fair, it's still uh, it's still after. Now I'm reading from a Assassin's Creed wiki. A timeline it says here prehistory, seventy five three eighty three BC, during the War of Unification. Consus, a scientist oh of the Isu, created the first shroud of Eden to treat yeah. casualties of war. They're so like it's some thousands of years after this. Gods and yes. beings. Yeah, don't read that while you have a concussion. If you if you don't have one, it will give you one. So I I am happy to report that that is not so oppressive in origin yes. so far. Yes. I wouldn't say I'm all that into the story, but at least I'm not having trouble following it so far. So I think the main difference is as someone who is coming to this after several years away from the franchise, certainly the combat is different and is more skill-based, I would say. In the old Assassin's Creed games, it was just kind of repetitive button mashing and there just wasn't much depth or subtlety to it. Now there is a bit more. This is more like a Middle Earth kind of Batman sort of combat system where you're chaining together combos and you're parrying and you're dodging. For me, it doesn't flow quite as well as those other games. It, it just it doesn't feel all that natural to me or all that exhilarating but it's it's better it's an improvement there is more of an rpg element to this game so you're upgrading gear you have multiple weapon slots and bows and ranged weapons and melee weapons every attack that you do deals a certain amount of damage which flashes up in numbers so it's much more specific and precise about all of those things than the old Assassin's Creed games were. And for the most part, I think that's also an improvement. The setting is nice. It's ancient Egypt. It's pretty. I'm playing this, I, I have to disclose, on an old school PS4 now because that actually makes a difference as we will talk about in our next segment. I'm sure this game looks better on an Xbox One X, on a PS4 Pro. There is a lot of pop in that is bothering me it's been sort of distracting oh, yeah so when you're riding on a, a mount for instance and you're entering a town people and objects and buildings are just appearing kind of in the middle distance and it's worse than many games i would say it's more distracting maybe it's been optimized for the the more advanced systems so it's probably not a problem for those but it's still a good looking game and the system the the setting is a a welcome change, I would say, but at its core, it's still Assassin's Creed, and it it's changed less, I think, than I hoped it would have changed after all the time <laughs> I've spent away from this. I, I don't really feel like I'm seeing that much or doing that much that I wasn't doing or seeing before, and I've already fallen into this routine where you have mounts, and, and it's nice to, like, 
you get camels, you get horses, and the camels have cruise control basically. Like everything is GPS. So if you have an objective, you just press a button and the mount will take you there, which does away with some of the busy work and the travel time, which is nice. But I'm in this routine where you open a new area. The map, of course, is huge and there are a billion collectibles everywhere you go. But you enter a new area, you sort of scout it out, and then you get a bunch of missions and side quests and you do them one after another. And it's kind of like accept mission. Go see this person. Talk to this person about that. There are bandits. Go kill the bandits and rescue someone and then take your mount back on cruise control back to the quest giver and get some experience points. And it's really just sort of a a rinse repeat. And it's kind of the same climbing stuff, stealth, combat. There just isn't really a lot of newness here from my perspective. That has always been the the killer problem with Assassin's Creed is the repetitive nature of the gameplay. And, you know, like, so the RPG elements not adding any kind of depth or variety at all. Yeah, I mean, some depth, some variety, but still the mission types and the core gameplay is essentially the same. And I've only spent several hours with this game, and I'm sure it's your standard sort of 30-hour campaign, but I'm not getting the sense that if Mm. I play the rest of it, There's a lot that I haven't seen yet. Maybe that's unfair. I can't predict the future, but just based on trying to look at some videos, read some reviews, just to make sure that I'm not getting a a myopic perspective on this game, it doesn't seem as if there's a whole lot that comes after that I haven't experienced yet. So it's just a question of, do I want this kind of comfort food gameplay of this rinse and repeat gameplay for 30 hours or something? And for me right now, that's a tough sell because there are a lot of great games out right now and maybe I'll I'll get to this eventually but I'm definitely not getting the feeling that I need to drop everything and finish this right now because it's just stuff I've seen before it, it's not bad it's you know you'll yeah. get your money's worth and you'll get your time out of it certainly but for me at least it's not the huge step forward that I was hoping for after the time I've spent away yeah. from this franchise and that's I think part of the problem is also, do you hear that Play me, play me. That's the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah. Begging to be played. I know. It's really hard to tear, honestly, it's really hard to tear away from that console. It is. It's like the games are great. It's the perfect format. I, I, it's really hard to, to play anything else right now. Yeah. And, it's hard. And when Assassin's Creed first came out, I felt like it did movement better than anything. Yes. Like in the first Assassin's Creed, I mean, when you could just sort of free run and climb it yeah. it was much more freeing than most games of that period. You couldn't climb and run like that uninterrupted in most games. And since then, a lot of games have taken a page out of the Assassin's Creed playbook. And now you get that right. in just about everything. Like you know, yeah, Shadows Shadows of War, for instance, sure. is a is a great game that really captures that feeling of free running movement yeah. and also just allows you to get into a really addictive combat system almost at the drop of the hat whenever you want, really. And right. there's just a variety of things that you can do. Um, so, yeah, they, they've lost that that margin. Yeah, all right. And, you know, after you've played Breath of the Wild, where you can climb anything right. and go anywhere, almost anything yeah. else feels a little limiting. But just every video game protagonist now, whether it's Nathan Drake or, or Aloy and Horizon Zero Dawn, they can climb like superhuman creatures. So it's not something that you're just getting 
uniquely from Assassin's Creed anymore. Maybe the biggest difference is you have a bird now. You have, uh, I, I guess the protagonist here is is a warg, basically, because right. there's an eagle and you can deploy the eagle. The eagle's just always kind of cruising around above you and you can get the literal eagle eye view. So that's kind of a standard part of the mission structure now where you'll enter the mission area, then you'll switch to the eagle, you'll spot your target, and then you switch back to the main character and you can then find the the target. And it's, I mean, it's nice. It works fine. Gives you a a good perspective on the, the level that you might not have been able to get before, but it still very quickly becomes repetitive where, okay, I I approach the area, I do the eagle, I go back into my body, I find the target. And there's just so much, there's always so much in these games. And it's just a question of whether you have the appetite for that kind of repetitive task doing and quest completing, lots of fetch quests and the like. So I don't want to say it's it's disappointing because it's basically what I'm used to from Assassin's Creed, but... If you've been out on the series for a while, I don't know if this is the reason to to get back in. If you've enjoyed it all the while, then you'll continue to enjoy it because I think it's just as fun and polished and and full of content as any Assassin's Creed game. Well, that's a that was a tepid review, <laughs> and I can't wait to. <laughs> I'm sure it looks great on Xbox One hey! X, though. So there's that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be a downer, but it's just it. There's a a formula for these games, and it's been very lucrative, and it's been copied by a lot of other franchises, which is a testament to how good it is and and how yeah. innovative it used to be, but. For me, at least, I, I think my Assassin's Creed fatigue has just not gone away. So that's that. Maybe I'll I'll get back in next time. Maybe next time you guys will pull me back in. I don't know. So we will take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor. And then we'll be back with the skinny on Xbox One X. Everyone, you, me, Jason, when he has a head injury, we all know that Redbox is all about renting movies and video games for cheap. But did you know that Redbox also sells used games starting as low as $4.99? So for the price of one of those extra-large caramel frap double espresso, no-foam, two-pump drinkity-drinks you love, you could start the most legendary game night tradition ever, playing your hearts out all the way up to bedtime and beyond. For way less than you'd pay in store, you can keep your kids quietly entertained all month long. That's priceless. So you can practice that extremely complex and extremely painful yoga pose. Get it down to perfection so you can impress your entire class with their superhuman flexibility. That's right. Buying games for Redbox is a way cheaper option. And this time you keep them forever. Right now, Doom, Dark Souls 3, and Madden NFL 17 are all for sale. So head over to the box and do game night on the cheap with Redbox. The smarter way to watch and play. So we are joined now by someone who's spent the past week or so, maybe more, with the Xbox One X. He is going to tell us about how it's better, how it's maybe not so much better, whether we should all get it. It's Samit Sarkar. He is the senior porter at Polygon, and uh, we welcome you to the show. Hello, Samit. Thank you. 
Yeah. So I guess we have to ask because it's kind of the key question when you're talking about the Xbox One S X. What is the gear that you are playing this with? Because if you have certain setups, you may notice no difference or a slight difference. And other setups, you might notice a big difference. So what have you been using the Xbox One X with? Yeah, the setup is actually is certainly crucial. Um, at home, I've got a, a, a Vizio TV that I bought last year. It supports 4K and uh, HDR. And those are, you know, two of the major um, features that, that you get with the Xbox One X. Uh, and um, I, I have a, like a, a surround sound soundbar, but the soundbar doesn't do Dolby Atmos, which is another one of the, uh, uh, you know, selling points with, uh, with the Xbox One X. I think actually, I believe all Xbox Ones now support uh, Dolby Atmos sound, but uh, that was something I was unable to test. But mm-hmm. uh, I've also, I also spent a lot of time during the review process testing it. Uh, just a 1080p, um, mm. and actually, you know, we, we've got a TV in the office here that's it's 4K, but not HDR. And then I was also playing it on a computer monitor that was just 1080p, um, because in talking with my reviews editor, we tried to approach the review actually from the perspective of someone who doesn't have a 4K TV, because at this point, yes. that's still that's, <laughs> that's still us. the majority yeah. of the audience. Yes. Yeah. Right. We're looking for that deal. Anyone out there is looking to break us off a 4K television or even a monitor, you know, at, at, at market at less than market rates, we're here. Hey, Black Friday's in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, do you have any sense of the market penetration? I mean, maybe among gamers, among people who would be buying an Xbox One S- X. I got to stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. There are three different Xboxes now. It's hard to keep track. But probably among the, the people who would be most likely to buy that, there'd be disproportionate ownership of the latest fancy technology. But even so, I have to imagine that it's still a minority. Yeah, I, I don't have uh, exact numbers, but I, I was talking to Microsoft this week at the uh, launch event that they did in New York. And um, you know they were saying that the data they had showed that worldwide, uh, you know, something like 60 to 70% of all new f- television purchases, like in 2017, uh, those people were, were getting 4K TVs, which makes sense because if you you know walk into a Best Buy or something, yeah. you have to actually hunt down a 1080p TV. Right. It's pretty much all 4K. Yeah. And uh, and so that percentage obviously is, is going to trend toward 100 over the next few years. So I think, you know, for people who, who might be worried that f- for Microsoft, that like, oh, this is, you know, they're jumping the gun here. Uh, or you know maybe the Sony jumped the gun with the PS4 Pro, uh, the PS4 Pro last year. Um, I, I think that you know the game consoles, the companies that make them, they generally want to be you know a, a, um, ahead of the curve a little bit. So this seems like the right time. Could you quickly just for the for the technically uh, behind among us, the differences between HDR, 1080p, and 4K? Sure. Um, so, so basically, your existing Xbox One and your PS4, uh, the best they can do in terms of the resolution of the game uh, is 1080p, which is uh, you know 1920 pixels horizontally versus uh, or by 1080 pixels um, vertically, and that's the resolution of you know most TVs that you would have bought in the past decade or so. And um, what the new consoles, the PlayStation 4 Pro last year and the Xbox One X this year. What they promise is, uh, you know, gaming at resolution of up to 4K, which is 3840 pixels wide by 2160 pixels high. So it's uh, quadruple the resolution of 1080p. And so they're promising a lot more detail in in the world, uh, a lot more richness to the image. And, and the richness also comes from 
HDR, which stands for high dynamic range. Uh, it's a term that refers to the the color, the the sort of um, uh, the, the delta in, in the brightness, the, the, the sort of range of brightness that your TV can display. So much brighter mm -hmm. brights, uh, much darker blacks. So, you know, much better contrast in general. And um, HDR usually goes uh, hand in hand with a technology that, that people maybe haven't heard of, uh, but is called wide color gamut. Um, and you know, not to get too technically, but basically um, a, a display that supports that, supports HDR and wide color gamut can just display a much wider range of colors. So, uh, you know, more true to what the human eye can see. Mm. Could you compare this to any previous visual upgrade? Like I think I've said on the show before that going from composite cables to S-video cables with like my N64 or Dreamcast was like the biggest visual upgrade I've ever seen just because it was at the time amazing. And then going from that to component and then to HDMI or certainly everyone remembers going from standard definition to high definition. I mean, is this that kind of leap or is it more subtle? Like would my mom notice if she were playing in 4K <laughs> instead of 1080p? Honestly, the thing is that the resolution, I, I think, is maybe uh, less noticeable than HDR. So uh -huh. at this point, I think if you're if you're buying a new TV, TV, if you haven't jumped into the 4K era just yet, definitely make sure that you get HDR with your television because... Um, the the games that, that do it well and and you know it does vary the the level of support for it or you know the, how well the implementation uh, is um, HDR is really breathtaking when when it's done right um, I was using my Xbox One X to watch uh, Planet Earth two uh, mm. they they actually Microsoft actually sent a a four K Blu-ray of uh, of that um, and it supports HDR and it's it really is amazing to see the richness of color that you get there. And and of course it looks much sharper at, at 4K than it than it would at 1080p, but the reason I say that it's maybe less noticeable especially to uh, lay people is that with the the general seating distance in a standard like American living room, I think it's something like 9 feet that people sit from their television. Um, you need a very big screen yeah. for yeah. the human eye to actually be able to perceive the difference in resolution. I get and right so up most close to it. Is that bad? That. I get, I get real. <laughs> this is a true story. When I was like at the at my most debauched level of like uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Two playing, mm. which I was like playing that like forty hours a week. Like I don't even know. I uh, I used to sit really close to the TV, and then also I got like a. I gave myself like a bulging disc in my neck from leaning forward in my chair to get even closer <laughs> to the television. Oh, no. Is that bad? No. Can I, I, mean, should, I shouldn't do that with a 4K TV. If it gives you a bulging disc, it's probably bad. I had to go to I had to go to physical therapy and everything. Wow, you know, wow. I, I was gonna I was gonna say that I I'm not gonna tell your optometrist, but I didn't know that I would have to tell your chiropractor as well. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> um, yeah, that that's that's uh, that's rough. Wow. It's funny that you mentioned Planet Earth, too. I remember using the original Planet Earth to demo my HD DVD drive on wow. Xbox 360. Great purchase by speaking, me. Really. Speaking of technology <laughs> wow. that's really the test on. of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great point because, uh, you know, I, you don't have to have been a consumer of, of technology for all that long to have experienced certain dead ends among, um, you know, technological advancements. 
how, what isn't that one of the obstacles that consumers are just going to deal with when faced with the the choice of buying a new console really in the middle life stream of the current console? It's like, well, what if what if 4K isn't it? I remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago that people were like, oh, 3D TVs, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Right. Yeah, and, and Sony did support that with the PS3, but then it just w- fell by the wayside, and, and I'm pretty sure the PS4 doesn't support 3D gaming uh, at all. Um, and I think that's a lot of the trouble that Sony and Microsoft have had and are going to continue to have in convincing people to to do these, these mid-cycle upgrades. Um, there are a lot of people who were probably you know, wondering why the hell they should spend four or $500 on a PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, respectively, when they just may have bought one of these machines not too long ago. I mean, it was only four years ago that the PS4 and Xbox One first launched. Right. And so, and, and especially for people who don't have 4K TVs, you know, uh, they may not, or they're certainly not going to get the most out of these systems. Um, I think for now, um, Microsoft may be doing a better job of, you know, demonstrating, uh, you know, why people should upgrade. And, and that's primarily because the Xbox One X is, is so much more powerful than anything else that's out there. Um, you know, Microsoft has been billing it as the, most, the world's most powerful console. And as far as we can tell, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, if, you, if you play a lot of multi-platform games, you know, games that are on both PS4 and Xbox One, uh, they're going to look better. They're going to run better on an Xbox One X. That's just, it's just the way of the world because it's a much more powerful machine. Um, but if you're not not someone who who really cares about like bleeding edge graphics and, and all that stuff, then then it's a harder sell for you, I think. Yeah, right. So it seems like the consensus is that the Xbox One X basically does what Microsoft said it would do, what it purports to do, and then the separate question is: is that enough to get most people to to buy it? But can you talk a little bit about what it actually does do? We've talked about the HDR, the 4K. What does it do for? People who are still playing on a 1080p yeah. screen—is it noticeable the loading time difference, the frame rates, that sort of thing? Yeah. So loading time, you mentioned that—that's one of the big improvements, uh, and that's you know regardless of what kind of display you're running it on. Um, in some of the testing that I did for the review, uh, loading times improved by like a third, or, or maybe even you know they were cut in half sometimes mm-hmm. for for some of these. You know, obviously it depends on the game, uh, and that's because I believe it has a hard drive that's like uh, 50% faster or something like that. It, it's a faster hard drive that's in the Xbox One X versus the previous Xbox One or the existing Xbox One. And um, I was watching a, uh, a, another journalist I know, he tweeted a clip of like loading into a franchise game in Madden and it took like 20 seconds on an Xbox One X and you know almost a minute on oh, a, a regular wow. Xbox One. And then when, so, you, when so, you add that up at the end of your life, that's like <laughs> right. How, <laughs> right. how many years you've spent Priceless. in a loading screen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or, 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 you know, even in a single year of playing, yeah. you know, one Madden game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's a big benefit. And, and so, again, you're going to get that even if you're playing on 1080p TV, obviously. Um, another thing is that, you know, although you – aren't getting the full benefit of 4K. All these games are using, um, you know, sort of 4K assets, meaning like the the, the textures that are mm. that you see in the games. 
they're all sort of at this higher resolution. And so what the console does, if you're playing on a 1080p TV, is that it still runs the game at that higher resolution, and then it scales the image down to fit your TV, which is at a lower resolution. But you'll still get the benefits of um, the 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 jaggies will be. You know, they'll be uh, you know much less than what you would see uh, on a regular Xbox One because it, the, the lines are much sharper because they can you know com- compress all these pixels down to, to fit your display. So that's a, a a pretty big graphical improvement. And then you'll see a lot of games uh, if they're running uh, at 1080p. Some of them have like these performance modes that you can choose. Um, and this is getting a little in the weeds, but it it really depends on the game here. But for instance, uh, Gears of War 4, which came out last year on the Xbox One and uh, uh, and PC, I guess. Um, on an Xbox One, the campaign and the horde mode for Gears 4, they run at 1080p, um, but 30 FPS. So that's that's the, the frame rate, the, the refresh rate of the, of the screen. And so... Um, Gaming at 30 FPS is pretty much the standard on consoles, but on PC, people expect twice that, 60 FPS. And and what that means it is that um, you know generally the action on screen is much is faster, and the and the control input is more responsive. It's just a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Xbox One X is powerful enough to run Gears 4 at the same resolution, 1080p, but at 60 FPS. So it's a night and day difference with that game. Um, that's kind of rare. Most games. You know, they won't really increase the frame rate that much. They'll just make it smoother, meaning that, you know, uh, the times where, uh, you know, stuff gets really crazy on screen in a game with a lot of explosions, you might see things start to slow down on a regular Xbox One. That won't happen nearly as often with the Xbox One X because it has, you know, the, the higher horsepower. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'd imagine that people who are primarily PC gamers and have, you know, high-end gaming rigs are probably looking at the Xbox One X's specs and scoffing, probably, right? right. I mean, it's it's powerful for a console. It doesn't necessarily compare to the, the typical kind of high-end gaming PC, which not every game is available for, for PC, of course, but if you have a multi-platform game and you have a, a recent PC that you've souped up, it's probably still going to be superior at this point, right? And, and that lead will only lengthen. Yeah, and, and that, that's kind of part of the hard sell for Microsoft is that you know they already are leading into the Xbox Windows ecosystem with this program called Xbox Play Anywhere, where they've got right. a, a selection of games where if you buy it on PC, you know, it has to be in the Windows Store, not on Steam, but if you buy it on PC, you can also play it on Xbox One for free or vice versa. Um, Like, you know, all their first party games these days, Gears 4 is one of them, you know, it it supports Play Anywhere and they've got some third party games in there as well, like Capcom's Resident Evil 7. And so, you know, you might be wondering, well, like, why would I bother with this if I've got a, a high-end gaming rig. And for me personally, I spend like nine, 10 hours a day sitting at my desk and I don't want to continue doing that to play a video game. I want to relax on the couch with my big 50-inch TV instead of my you know 24-inch monitor at my desk. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, it, it's it, your mileage may vary with that kind of stuff. But um, it's also at $500 a box that you know you're getting something where yes. it will it will last for you know, X number of years and you're, you're not going to be upgrading the internals. Um, by the way, $500 is going to get you a graphics card that maybe runs some games at 4K. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like a, if, if you really want to go with like an NVIDIA GTX 1080 Ti to play Destiny 2 at 4K, I mean, that, that card is like 
$750 or something. Like, and that's just the graphics card. That's not yeah. anything else that you already yeah. have in your, in your PC. So it, it, it's, it's a matter of personal choice, but I think the, the price makes sense you, for you, what you're getting. You bring up a good point uh, about um, why people choose consoles, and I think it's something that Ben and I agree with uh, um, quite vigorously. It's just yes, yes. Uh, a lot easier to buy a console and trade off some of the bleeding edge technical specs. Just have something that you know is going to work for five to six years. That said, w- with the Xbox One X and the PlayStation Pro, now you're getting these souped-up consoles that are that are you know they're breaking that promise to an extent. Now they're saying, okay, well. Um, here's the next best console, and yes, we're not technically upgrading to a whole new cycle, but there it is. Um, isn't that s- something of a philosophical problem for the for the console makers? I think it absolutely is a problem, and you know, I, I've talked to to Microsoft about this, and 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 you know, people have talked to Sony as well, and it it, it is a tough sell to get people to spend. You know, I, I bought a PS4 at launch and an Xbox One at launch. Yeah. And they were 400 and 500 at launch. Yep. Right. Uh, and then I bought a PS4 Pro last year for 400, and I bought an Xbox One X this year for yeah. another 500. And, and so if you got an Xbox One S like a year ago, the, yeah. the differences are, are even smaller, <laughs> right? Because that does HDR and it does 4K, so the, the leap right. is is even less large. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it does 4K for for video. You know, like right, and, right. And it plays 4K Blu-rays, but but yeah, mm-hmm. HDR for for everything. And so. I think here, you know, I was asking Microsoft, you know, are are gamers going to now have to expect something like the tech industry where, you know, there's a new iPhone every year, yeah. right? And and you're you're going to spend whatever and get a new contract and, you know, $600 you're looking at over the life of that phone. Um and and you know, they they're pretty adamant right now that you know, they don't want to do this certainly on an annual schedule or you know, anything close to it. I think for them it's it was a matter of you know, feeling like the technology had gotten to the point where they could deliver a meaningful upgrade, and also it was kind of tied to the um, you know, the the, the uh, electronics that you know that the equipment in your home theater or in your living room around it. So, so the 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 original console generation, you know, the current one, in, started in 2013. There wasn't really like a display technology or anything that 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 brought that about. It it wasn't like you know the 2005 2006 generation where you were going from standard def to high def but you know it was uh 8 years on from 2005 when Microsoft launched the Xbox 360 and and you know it was it was time right we you know, technology gotten better much more the consoles could produce much more um or you know much better graphics and that's that's what led to the generation in 2013 and and also there were a lot of other um circumstances like the rise of digital gaming and things like that and and this time you know now 4K is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worries me a little just because, you know, if I make this investment now, how much longer will it be until the new either upgrade on the, the current generation or the next generation, which one would think wouldn't be that far away based on just historical length of, of console generations? Because as you mentioned, it's been a while since these consoles came out. So that's a, a sticking point for me. But on the other hand, now I have this sort of fear of missing out this anxiety when I'm not playing the (laughs) optimal version I'm just I'm stuck in the past I know that other people are playing prettier versions of these games you gotta see these pixels Ben I know you gotta see there's no jaggies here at all Ben it's weighing on me the explosions 
the load. I'm doing so much more with my life now that uh, the load times have been reduced 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> how, how much of that is a response to the bungled messaging of the launch with the Connect and the increased price? And it, you really feel like every all, all the kind of uh, all the kind of you know the the sales numbers between PlayStation and and Xbox. The disparity there is probably mostly due to the uh, bungled messaging at launch and the, and the price difference between the two consoles. And so how much of that is really just like Microsoft has learned quite a few lessons since the launch of, of the Xbox One? Well, it's funny. I think basically everything they've done since the first year or so mm-hmm. of, of the Xbox One's life is, has been, uh, you know, an about face and, and, you know, gradually just, you know, they made a U-turn and then just drove as fast as possible right. in the other direction. Uh, and, um, and and they've seen a lot of success and, and they've earned a lot of goodwill. I think you know to your point, uh, Sony may be in in the lead for good in terms of sure. unit sales it's and, like and Microsoft or something. It's that's a lot. Whatever yeah, it is. And, and Microsoft has has stopped actually they, for a while ago. They stopped reporting unit sales of, of how many you know, how many Xboxes they were selling. I think partly because they you know the numbers might have been embarrassing the, or the comparison would have been embarrassing. But also you know they they sort of are trying to take a more holistic view of of what it means for for success for them. So they're looking at like how many monthly active users they have. But but anyway. Um, you mentioned Kinect, and and that's something that they've completely gotten away from uh, with the both the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X. Uh, you can't plug in a Kinect. Uh, you you I mean you can, but you need a uh, an optional. Well, the, it's not optional in the sense that the adapter it's a it's a USB adapter that's required if you want to plug your Kinect in, and it costs forty bucks. So I have a Kinect that I got with my launch Xbox that I literally can't plug into my Xbox One X, right. and and that was such a huge thing for them it was going to be you know a, 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 a core part of the xbox ecosystem and, and now it's totally um it's it's really just uh, faded into the uh, rearview mirror for them and so you know they, they've made a lot of success there but i, I think they're still going to have trouble with this machine because it is you know at the cutting edge they really chose to go for a console that was geared toward the the hardest of the hardcore yeah. gamer and you know for me, like I'm, I'm in the games press, and I have a 4K HDR TV, and I happen to care about 4K Blu-rays because I'm weird. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know that I'm out on a limb there. I'm, I'm, I know most people don't don't buy physical media anymore, but yes. um, you know, for me, like I was waiting for this because I don't until I bought my Xbox One X, I didn't have anything in my apartment that could play 4K Blu-rays. But um, I'd been I'd been buying up a few when they were on sale on Amazon. Uh, John Wick was for 16 bucks. Hey, <laughs> good deal. Good movie. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a box that costs $500. If you don't have a 4k TV yet, um, the, the benefits are, are there, but not nearly, um, to the level that they would be if, if you had a 4k TV and also, you know, it's a hundred dollars or more, uh, in terms of the uh, hundred dollars Plus, more expensive than the competition, um, and uh, in the speaking of the, the PS4 Pro and, and of course the PS4 Slim and the Xbox One X are, are both significantly cheaper. I think the Xbox One S is like two seventy nine now for for one of those. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so you know, for Microsoft, it's clear that they are not releasing this machine to try to get back. 
uh, in the race with Sony in terms of how many consoles they're selling. Like they know that the vast majority of customers are still going to buy the Xbox One S as opposed to this. The, you know, the, this is a, a machine for for the niche, for, for a, a, a small niche that will grow over time as more people start to buy 4K TVs. But I think, you know, they're not doing this for sales success. I mean, obviously they would love to sell a lot of these things, but I think they, they're going into this, you know, with, with their eyes open in terms of, of what it will do or not do for their business. Mm-hmm. I, I, they, if they, they'd be stupid not to, you know, they, I think they'd be deluding themselves if they really expect this to, to, um, to be their primary, um, their driver. I mean, I think, I think Sony is saying that, you know, a year uh, now, uh, a year out from the launch of the PS4 Pro, about 20% of all PS4s they sell are, are Pros now, which is, you know, that's not bad, but that's still 80% of people who buy a PS4 are, are buying the non-Pro, the, the, yeah. even though they are aware of, of the benefits they, they can get, it's it's not a significant enough difference, or maybe they don't have a 4K TV. And so I think you're going to see that a similar ratio or, or maybe even a, um, uh, you know, a, a lower percentage of, of Xbox gamers buying the Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. So if we can attempt to sum this all up here, it's, it's tough to do because, I mean, it's such a, a strange moment where you have everyone falling in love with the Switch, which doesn't do any of this stuff and no right. one cares, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, and, yeah. and the system is coming around right after most of the big multi-platform releases of the holiday season. So in a sense, if Microsoft was hoping that that would be a, a selling point. Maybe they missed that window a little bit. Maybe it would have had more of an impact a couple months ago. I don't know. But, I mean, there's so many considerations here. We can't really say yes, buy it or don't buy it. Obviously, it depends on your budget. It depends on the rest of your equipment. We haven't even really mentioned the storage space issue, which is another concern, right? Because right. it's a, a one That's terabyte true. hard drive. And these games with all the enhancements yeah. get huge. Like a single yeah. game can take up, what, like a tenth? of that maybe more hard so, drive makers are big winner in this right so not only do you have to get the system you're probably going to have to get an external drive too so it's it's more of an investment there so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can kind of offer a handy rule of thumb like if you care about this and you have this then yes you should get it but i guess general guidelines for people who are kind of on the fence if you have any yeah i i would say that unless you have uh, money burning a hole in your pocket, or maybe you know, next spring you, you As got we your all tax do. refund. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe your, your tax refund next spring or something. Um, <laughs> or or you're lucky enough to be able to ask for one of these for for uh, for the holidays. <laughs> I, I would say you know if you don't have a ten uh, excuse me if you don't have a 4K TV, I I don't think the enhancements are or or the, the benefits are you know, worth that, the, that $500 price at this point. Um, I, I've been trying to play a bunch of games this week cause we, we ran a pre-review and, and I want to, you know, update that the, with the sort of final point. And we just did, weren't able to play enough enhanced games before then, but you know, the, the stuff that we've played to this point, it, it looks remarkably better, uh, at 4k. It looks remarkably better if you've got a TV that can do HDR for the games that support HDR, but it really feels like there are 
so many, you know, caveats and so many, um, you know, your mileage may varies or, or so many, yeah. you know, it really depends on your own personal situation with the equipment you have in your living room, um, with your budget, with your games library. I mean, I think it's, it's more valuable to people who are invested in the Xbox ecosystem because of the backward compatibility stuff. Um, it, it you know, it really is hard to to give a blanket recommendation either way. I think, you know, you really have to decide. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it always comes down to the games ultimately yeah. with, with most consoles, I think. So, all right. Well, we appreciate the overview. I feel more informed than I was before. I still haven't really made a decision, but I am armed with all the information. Now you can read Summit at Polygon. He is a senior reporter there. You can find him on Twitter at Summit Sarkar, and you can read his final review once he has read enough games to pass judgment. So thank you very much for coming Thanks. on and telling us about it. Of course. It was, it was a blast. All right, so that will do it for this episode. Jason, you have an Xbox One X just sitting there waiting for you to Well, the ringer does. The ringer does. Yes, the ringer does. But (laughs) you you probably put the most hours in (laughs) on that thing, I would imagine. Yeah. For me, I don't know. I'm I'm very much on the fence. I'm feeling the the fear of of missing out the anxiety it's yeah. really weighing on me but five hundred dollars plus hard drive yeah, plus four K TV in just in just the two weeks that I've had it in the in the uh, time I've saved in loading screens I've written a novel <laughs> I know you've been especially productive <laughs> yeah even despite the concussion it's just those loading times really saving you a ton of time. All right, so I think we've gotten to almost every major release of the holiday season now, just in time for more, maybe. We've got Battlefront 2, of course, coming out soon, but we've managed to at least spend a little time on almost everything. There's a lot to keep up with, but we will keep circling back to anything we've missed, anything that comes out soon. You will continue to heal your head injury, and we'll be back in our regular slot next week. So thanks for listening, everyone. You have been listening to... Achievement Oriented, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Nice. Video games are super fun and sadly super expensive. And once you bust open that plastic, you're stuck with them. That's why Redbox lets you try out the hottest new games risk-free. Right now, you can rent The Evil Within 2, Destiny 2, NBA 2K18, and more. Text ACHIEVEMENT to 727272 for a free one-night game rental with Redbox, the smarter way to watch and play. This offer expires December 31st, 2017, subject to additional terms. Charges apply for additional nights. Payment card required. If you're not in Text Club, Redbox will send you an additional text with an invite to join their recurring alerts. Message and data rates may apply. For terms, visit www.redbox.com slash text club. And for the privacy policy, visit redbox.com slash privacy. 